Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we celebrate Keyforge, its community, and of course, the excitement of Discovery, which is still blossoming in 2022 uh, as Zach and I get more and more wrinkles around our faces, indeed. Uh, Zach, how are you doing? Uh, wonderfully wrinkly, enjoying everyone, Ed, enjoying everyone. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, each wrinkle, of course, tells a story uh, from previous Keyforge experiences where you maybe sort of wrinkle your nose or raise an eyebrow to something that your opponent does. So um, it certainly adds character um, and helps you to give away what you've got in hand to your opponent. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think most of my Keyforge wrinkles are from uh, trying to uh, do my humble part in keeping a local scene going. So uh, that's where my wrinkles came from. Although they are smoothing out a bit since uh, another friendly local game store, uh, they'll actually be able to devote staff resources to running a Keyforge night so I can be a simple attendee instead of uh, running the night myself, which is a joy. That really is a joy that, and might save you 10 years on, on your face. So <laughs> you don't Indeed. need that anti-wrinkle cream, Zach. You've got, uh, <laughs> you've got uh, staff, staff run Keyforge events. That's, uh, right. that's fantastic. Yeah, my wrinkle cream's already working hard enough. Got to give it a break. Of course, none of our Keyforge related wrinkles come from uh, doing this wonderful podcast and uh, in, interacting with the, the wonderful listeners that we, we have. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. It's true. Got to play some Keyforge over the holidays. I had some uh, friends who are also uh, friends turned Keyforge players uh, a, a while back. We've all been playing Keyforge about this for several years now. And Are, are they no longer friends? Oh, no. it, was it was it a binary? <laughs> was it one or the other? So as soon as they became <laughs> Keyforge players, they couldn't be friends anymore because Sweaty Zach had to destroy them. Uh, yeah, I, I destroyed the relationship so much that they wanted to come spend a week with us. Uh, here in Athens, Georgia, after after the Christmas holiday, uh, no, we but we played some KeyForge. Oh, we tr <laughs> we tried out uh, a three player KeyForge mode. I brewed up, and that was quite fun. So yeah, we had a we had a good time. We had a good time. I love love three player KeyForge. It yeah. is just a joy. It is. It is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And KeyForge the revised edition, which we all know is coming, uh, has to <laughs> has to have some official three player KeyForge. <laughs> Come uh, on, devs! Come on! <laughs> right, right. Well, when you said Keyforge Revised Edition, you did remind me of, uh, and I mean, I don't have a fully formed opinion on their their habit of making two point of their games, <laughs> but that's what immediately what that threw me to Keyforge two point oh, like an actual oh. two point where all your old decks would need conversion kits or something. <laughs> 
we'll 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 deal with that when it comes i think we'll deal with that when it comes i'm i'd just be excited for more keyforge and i will trust whatever the developers do yes yes uh whatever ffg as a whole has made the decisions i think i think the developers are smart enough that uh when when keyforge comes back we won't need conversion kits to play the old decks i think it'll be more more of the same lovely game i'm okay with conversion kits if if there's a reason for them to exist. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, uh, I mean, we haven't gotten angry emails from X-Wing players before or Song of Ice and Fire, the living card game players before or the Star Wars living card game before or what else has gotten 2.0s? I'm just going to leave, change my address and go into hiding <laughs> now. I hope that's okay. Um, yeah. Goodbye. Yep. <laughs> actually, uh, my name is just, it's not actually my real name that I've been using all these years. Uh, my name is actually Fred Winterbottom, um, and I live in the Maldives. Goodbye. <laughs> Fred Winterbottom from the Maldives. My goodness. Wow, that you sound like a hobbit. <laughs> Why, thank you. I, I'll take that as a compliment, actually. It's just a memorable <laughs> name, which is exactly what I wasn't going for. Right. We, we have right. massively digressed, Zach. This is true. This is true. So on that note, what are we talking about today? What can our listeners expect? So we are doing, uh, this episode is half documentary, half of just our thoughts and commentary, uh, as much as we think they may be helpful, on two things that while they are uh, uh, in the news for Keyforge right now, we want to talk about in a bit of a documenting way, just to kind of uh, talk about the little bit of research we found, which uh, many of you, if you're listening to this podcast, may have done this research for yourself already, about the background uh behind two things one is the keyforge algorithm breaking and the uh fairly reputable rumors that it was a ransomware attack so we'll talk about that a bit uh and then talk about the forthcoming acquisition by embracer group purchasing asthma day from uh, pai partners so we're going to talk a little bit about those two companies uh the deal hasn't gone through yet it's planned to go through so of course that part may may not be relevant if the deal doesn't happen but uh, at this stage, I'm sure there's a lot of business momentum. So I would be, uh, I do, I do hope it does. And we can talk about those reasons uh, as we go into that a little bit later. Indeed, indeed. And both of these were, why are we talking about them? Because we think they matter. We think yes. they matter for Keyforge. We think they matter for Keyforge's future and for, you know, what's next on the palettes of the designers that, you know, we all adore because they've made one of our favorite games and sort of been the shepherds of one of our favorite games um and and so that's why that's why all of this matters so much mm-hmm. and it's also going to give a little context for uh the forces which keyforge is subject to which uh it is sometimes difficult to be aware of just how much is affecting ffg the developers especially things that are completely out of those people's control right uh, there are a lot of things going on. So by going over uh, a few things about the acquisition and then the uh, the rumors about the ransomware attack, uh, that'll just give some context for why the game is where it is. I mean, of course, none of us want this game to be on hiatus. We would have rather uh, it was uh, ramping up and, and having as many big, beautiful events as Flesh and Blood is having right now, right? Proactive communication, a healthy scene, a growing growing cards because we know the potential is there uh but that's not where we are with keyforge right now that's okay that's life and we just want to give give some context for that uh, just for a little a, a little uh, compassion in the face of of uh evil and then business decisions 
that that Keyforge is a part of here. Yeah, it had all this momentum, and then this nasty pandemic comes along, slaps it down, and then it's potentially forced into hiatus following a ransomware attack. I mean, you know, this 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 little game that we all love, um, you know, what rubbish luck, really, frankly. Yeah. And so with the with the ransomware attack, uh, we have heard from sources, and these are public sources, I'll, I'll, cite, I'll cite mine, and I know Ed has one as well. Both of them we trust. The first source uh, being Stephen Boncore, formerly of Stronghold Games. He's got a podcast he does uh, with a friend called a board game insider and on episode 210 so you can find this on on any podcast platform episode 210 titled uh, the one about jezcon and asthma day at about 40 minutes in and you may have seen this uh linked on reddit at about 40 minutes and he says he's got a source at ffg pretty high up who confirmed that it was a ransomware attack that was what broke uh, a part of the algorithm breaking that was the key thing that broke the algorithm was a ransomware attack uh, and he says he didn't post it on social media to protect his source. Obviously, he did put this out publicly, uh, protecting his source. Um, and he is a successful person. He's been a board game news person before. No history of uh, no history of putting out uh, fake news just for attention uh, that we can that we can see. So I would trust this to be a, a pretty reputable thing, right? That that it was a ransomware attack that uh, took the algorithm down. And uh, Ed, I believe uh, you were listening to the Team Covenants uh, podcast, Covenant Cast, where they touched on this as well. Is that right? Indeed, indeed. We've had Zach, uh, we've had Zach from Team Covenant on the cast in the past, um, so very much a friend of the podcast. And I mean, they've done a lot to support FFG's games over uh, in the past, and and indeed Keyforge as well. Um, on their look back on 2021 episode, just before Christmas. Um, they mentioned that a number of high-profile sources and sources they trusted at FFG had confirmed that a ransomware attack had been behind the algorithm, um, essentially being irretrievable or broken or something along those lines. Anyway, the long and short of it was it couldn't be used. It couldn't be used anymore. It needed to be built from the ground up again. And, and the ransomware attack was part of that. Um, I mean, I then sort of went across the internet and found a number of different things, all saying the same thing. Um, I'll take a lot of that with a pinch of salt um, because you never know whether something you're hearing on Reddit or something is true. Certainly the two sources we've, uh, Zach and I have mentioned are a little bit more reputable um, and claim to have reputable sources. And, and, Actually, neither of those neither of those sources would want to do anything to discredit the game or FFG, um, and nor do we, of course. Um, yeah, we want to do everything we can to sort of herald this game we love, but we felt we'd be almost remiss not to bring this up and give it the sort of credit that that, that was due. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit about why ffg haven't been able to say anything publicly but you know why are we able to talk about this well that's probably me um so we we do our best not to mention really what we do in 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 our day jobs um um zach's actually batman um but but i myself (laughs) mr winterbottom how dare you Um, so whilst Zach's out saving Gotham City, um, I, I work in I work for an insurance company, um, doing essentially advising the the wider insurance industry on 
how cyber events can impact companies worldwide um, at scale. You know, what is the worst that could happen? How much would that cost? Um, but my, my past is going in and advising companies that many of whom had recently suffered ran, ransomware events and other cyber events, you know, how to sort of get back up on their feet and, and move on again. Um, mainly big companies, but also medium-sized companies. Um, so I, I spend a lot of my day looking at this stuff and, and doing this stuff. And, you know, it's a little bit heartbreaking for me that not only do I see companies having to sort of get themselves back off the, up off the ground after these awful events, but, you know, also this game that I love in my spare time, uh, you know, the people that make this have, have suff- potentially suffered um, a lot of this. Um, and what I'll say here is, and it's not directly alluding to sort of any events that I've, I've ever worked on. So I'll keep it very grounded and, and very much focus on, on what happened to, to FFG or what might have happened to FFG. Yeah, so I, I certainly know very little about ransomware attacks, except it's like uh, kidnapping, except uh, with data, and it happens on the internet. And no, not data from Star Trek. I believe he is innocent. Yeah, no, it, it is It is indeed very, very much like that. Um, very much like the pirates of old, you know, without the parrots and high seas, maybe. Uh, ransomware <laughs> is where you hold someone else's data or maybe a computer function or something to ransom and you demand payment in in and in response you'll 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 you promise to give them access to their data back um ransomware has become more and more and more of a problem not just for individual companies who are um, caught in the crossfire but also the international community as a whole um just the sheer scale of ransomware um yeah it has become extremely problematic extremely quickly um and insurance governments um are doing what they can to essentially speed up the uh arming companies with the right tools to defend themselves both proactively and then if they do get hit minimize the impact of that um and you know one thing i will say is Things have come such a long way. Companies are doing so, so much better than they were five years ago, even. And part of that, yeah, is due to this is getting airplay at the, the highest level. Um, yeah, when a company goes through MA, cybersecurity is a, one of the most important issues. That's mergers and acquisitions. Um, mm. When uh, suppliers are looking at a potential, uh, potential company to add to their supply chain, either upstream or downstream, cybersecurity comes up as one of the most important issues for CEOs. It's one of the most important issues now. Um, you know, it, it's really getting the airtime that it deserves, um, but it still doesn't make it necessarily any easier for a company to, um, to respond to or recover from a ransomware attack or, or indeed to protect themselves from it. So, you know, we are not saying, oh, FFG suffered a ransomware attack because they didn't look after their security or because they didn't invest in this or because they didn't invest in that. That is absolutely not the case. It was probably bad luck. Um, and uh, yeah, a company which a lot of its pro- a lot of its product, it, it's a, I mean, a lot of its product is digitally stored with the number of partners that it has. I mean, FFG would have made would have been a target of uh, ransomware organizations, of which there are many. And um, unfortunately, these organizations are well skilled 
they're well trained. Um, ransomware is a very profitable industry for attackers, um, and that reason you know means that a lot of companies don't stand a chance if if ultimately the attackers set their eyes on you so and decide that they're going to spend time and money targeting you um, as a company so this isn't about ffg not investing in response at all um ultimately what might have happened because we've seen things online and again you know we don't necessarily know how much other content from ffg was impacted by this ransomware attack um, it probably wasn't just the Keyforge algorithm that was impacted, but um, it was likely other content as well. And, and even if it was well backed up, quite often a targeted ransomware attacker will seek to also encrypt those backups as well. They'll spend time on a company's network and they'll find those backups and they'll encrypt them, making them irretrievable. Um, some companies choose to pay a ransom, some don't. Um, and I mean, there's that is a legally muddy area, um, and it's a real challenge for companies to decide what's the right thing to do. Um, so you know, I, I don't even want to guess uh, FFG's decision there. Um, if if indeed they did suffer a ransomware attack, whether they paid that ransom or not. Um, I mean, ultimately, if backups are irretrievable. Um, th- then you may not be able to pay a ransom because the company might be on a sanctions list. So um, you've got to do your due diligence as a as a victim of an attack and say, okay, um, you know, w- was this attacker on a on a sanction list on a U.S. sanction list or another company uh, another country sanction list? Um, if so, I can't pay this ransom. Um, or you know, if you're really unlucky, you might pay the ransom. And you might still not get access to that data. Sometimes decryption keys don't turn up. Sometimes they don't work. Um, so ultimately here, I just feel overwhelming sympathy for the design team that had to go through quite so much, you know, when they'd just been through a pandemic, which had impacted the momentum of the game. They then were hit by this uh, poten- potential juggernaut or, uh, you know, allegedly hit by this juggernaut. And uh, um, it is very much conceivable that that would have meant the the algorithm was ir- irretrievable. Um, and, and sometimes when you do recover from backups um, or you do get data back that's been encrypted or something, sometimes the integrity of that data is compromised, um, which, you know, may be less of an issue for a Word file, but when you're dealing with something like a state-of-the-art algorithm, uh, which Keyforge relies on, uh, something that isn't really very simple to sort of replicate, that can be a real challenge. Um, and yeah, it, it's certainly possible that they they did restore from backups, they got the data back, um, and they just found that that it wasn't it wasn't usable anymore. Yeah, so that is uh, well, our well, Ed's really, but uh, our our overview of um, really that's uh, that's context for uh, what could have happened, right? Uh, so really, uh, the long the long and short of it is, um, unless FFG was uh, profitable enough to say we're going to spend a whole lot of money on security because we're somebody like you know Microsoft, of course. Things these these things even happen to people like Sony, right? They've had a few famous incidences as well. Um, 
this could happen to any company, uh, whether or not FFG had good internal security practices or not. If somebody targets them, uh, really, it, it can it can happen. And like Ed said, there's a whole lot of options and they may not have even had the option to pay. Like even if the people were just asking five dollars, you know, if uh, if the government says you can't pay these these criminals anything, then yeah, you you can't you can't do that. Uh, so hopefully that gives uh, a good overview of that situation that happens to many kinds of companies that in you know the digital world where many things are online, many things are stored online, uh, and uh, what has very you know likely some version of this, according to uh, Stephen Boncori and then Team Covenant, has happened to happen to KeyForge. Very much to sum up the cybersecurity angle of this, um, our thoughts are with the designers, with the developers, with anyone involved in making Keyforge and really the other FFG games that we all love, uh, Arkham being uh, the standout, certainly for myself. Um, and, you know, whilst this may mean, um, if this event did indeed occur, it may mean that there's a slightly slower release schedule on all sorts of different games coming out of FFG. Um, but it might also mean that we're going through these events uh, may galvanize the design team, may focus them on different things, um, and we might end up with some absolute gems of games two to three years down in the future, um, including um, uh, the, the Keyforge revised edition, which uh, uh, um, will we'll certainly not have a, any any uh, any. What's the term? What's the term? What's the term, Zach? Conversion kits. Um, which will certainly not have any conversion kits unless it potentially does. Whew. Why don't you share a little bit about the new suitor, Zach? The uh, the new suitor for 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 Keyforge for FFG and for Asmodee more widely. Because whether you're playing Keyforge at the moment, whether you're not playing Keyforge, whether you have any inclination to play Keyforge in the future. The future of Asmodee is pretty important to board game lovers uh, near and far. Yes, the new suitor is Embracer Group, who as of uh, December 2021 has finalized the purchase of uh, Asmodee per uh, game, gamesindustry.biz. Now, I've done uh, quite a bit of Googling about Embracer. Uh, Ed has too, uh, looking up a number of things. They are not quite a kind of private equity firm like PAI Partners, right? Who bought Asmodee, uh, slimmed them down, pumped some money into it to uh, up their value and then turn around and sell it to somebody else. Kind of like uh, some of you are familiar. I know we have this in the USA, uh, house flipping. Somebody will purchase a home and do a lot of work on it to make it nicer and then try to sell it for a lot more uh, than they both purchased on it and spent renovating it. Uh, Embracer Group, uh, is basically the parent company to a whole lot of publishing companies for different video games. Uh, there are a number, uh, the eight big ones that they call their operating groups that they advertise on their website are people like uh, THQ Nordic, who, if you look up their games, I'm sure you've played at least a uh, a couple uh, a couple of them. Uh, there's Pearls of Eternity, uh, Darksiders, uh, Halo Wars Two, which I think was the Halo RTS, uh, and a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of other things. They also have a uh, publishing company called Coffee Stain Games, which they picked up. Uh, they uh, who has worked with Ghost Ship Games, which makes Deep Rock Galactic, which some of you have uh, heard me talk about before as a as a video game 
I enjoy quite a bit. And they've owned Coffee Stain for a little bit, and they picked up Ghost Ship Games specifically uh, in August uh, in August of this year. And uh, the the good thing about their portfolio that they've been building is that they have a lot of studios that uh, look like indie studios and that I'm sure they were started independently and now have parent companies, right? Um, but they still retain a lot of the indie feel of their games. This isn't quite, you know, they're not making Call of Duty over and over again. There are a lot of innovative games inside of Embracer Group's family of companies that uh, look great and and play great and are actually fun gameplay uh that's that's innovative and and focused on things that make games fun instead of just you know pumping out uh new titles over and over again uh over and over again for uh just for for uh only just money for the sake of short-term money so uh again this is just my opinion of what i've what we found on a google search and it seems to be a good thing there are of course a thousand other factors that affect how asmodee handles its companies, which is FFG, and how FFG and its leadership uh, handle their games and Keyforge, right? So, uh, but as far as leadership and company goes from the top down, Embracer Group uh, seems to have cool game, cool companies working on cool games, and their games are are still cool. Yes, they want them to be profitable. Any business does, uh, but they, I don't think, it doesn't appear that Embracer Group is saying, hey, we need short-term profit at the cost of quality. Um, that is just one layman's interpretation of uh, what I found across a number of uh, uh, news sites about Embracer Group and then looking at their companies and uh, having played their uh, several of their companies' games. So uh, take that all with a uh, the biggest grain of salt you can find uh, across the Crucible, um, but it at least doesn't worry me uh, worry me that uh, Embracer Group is the one coming over Asmodee, which is over FFG. No, I mean, I completely agree with you there, Zach. It sounds like a, a much better fit, uh, potentially. Um, and, and, you know, private equity serves its purpose. Uh, <laughs> it's got a lot of um, pros and cons, we'll put it that way. Sure. Um, and, you know, there were some 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 really, you know, disturbing stories coming out um, over the past few years. Um, but this sounds like a potentially slightly more bright future for this game and the company that makes it. Um, and I mean, if it goes to plan, uh, Embracer Group looked like a company that understands en- the entertainment industry. They understand um, video games. They understand making games and marketing them and what is needed to do that successfully. Um, so if we take that and just kind of look at the positives, then, you know, we can, we can say they like what's good about Asmodee. Asmodee are a top level subsidiary within their group, which means yeah, they might be looking at a lot of investment to plow into making more great games, Mm. actually spending the money on marketing them to get them in front of the right people. Um, there might even be some sort of affinity plays there where embracers say, Hey, we've got all of these um, amazing uh, IPs, these amazing licenses. Um, Why don't we have Asmodee make some of these things? Why don't we take some of these things from Asmodee and also make games about them and sort of market things across a number of different platforms and different media types? Uh, Also read in December that they're looking at purchasing Dark Horse comics, which um, uh, I don't read many comics myself, but... 
Um, I'm aware that Dark Horse have a very good reputation and have made a, a, you know, a number of incredible comics. And wouldn't it be amazing not only be able to take the art from some of those comics and bring them across to Asmodee Games, and I think Fantasy Flight would probably benefit from a large proportion of that sort of thing, um, but also some of those some of those game worlds and sort of be able to make games in those worlds certainly having scale at the moment provide will provide them with you know a lot more to maybe go toe-to-toe with the likes of magic maybe go off in a different direction to actually invest in things rather than having to to look at um look at certain other things and and, uh sort of more think about sort of getting food on the table if you know what i mean they can actually think bold they can think ambitious and uh um zach you mentioned earlier in our pre-episode chat the in-flight report two years ago where ffg said they had had this huge or maybe that was last year, actually. Or this, um, yes, they've had this huge year. design um, sort of seminar where they'd all gone together and gone, what do we really want to make? What do we really want to do? And we know the designs at FFG are amazing. So <laughs> whatever they come up with, if it's backed by investment from this new Embracer group, must would be would be really exciting um mm-hmm. of course there's going to be a bit of a settling in period um there always is with these kind of things but um big companies uh yeah can move really quickly um they can also move slowly but you know a group like this with lots of different moving parts with lots of different subsidiaries you know if those subsidiaries retain their own directions they can move pretty fast yeah uh, and i will say i know that uh, the Nordic area of the world has a lot of brilliant Keyforge people looking at you, Nordic Keyforge podcast. Uh, and through some strategic Googling and clicking on the About tab on Embracer Group, uh, <laughs> I have found that their head office is based in Karlstad, Sweden. So this is a personal call out to uh, Jason the Captain, uh, Hydrophilic Attack, Mr. K Pop. And all of you wonderful, uh, Zeramis, all of you wonderful hosts of the Nordic Keyforge podcast. Go listen to that if you haven't, by the way. I absolutely adore those guys. Uh, are any of you in Karlstad? Could you just like knock on the door, stroll in and be like, yo, I love Keyforge. Throw the money and the resources at it. And they'd go, yeah, that's cool. I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's how it works over there in Sweden, but Karlstad, Sweden, if you're there, give them, give them Keyforge decks. Be like, you should play Keyforge. Also, you own this company. You should play and the, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, I'm sure they love it. I'm sure they love it. Um, getting it in front of them. Uh, uh, Embracer getting spammed with Keyforge decks. Oh, no. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Well, let's, let's take oh, a, no. a, 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 a lovely gift bag or a nicely wrapped deck with a little note from, from just the most, whatever, whoever the most pleasant Nordic Keyforge podcast host is. I'll let them fight out whoever for whoever that is. <laughs> And they can go deliver uh, that. <laughs> some strategic Googling from us also made aware that the company that FFG have mentioned that they've engaged to make digital Keyforge a thing um, are not owned by the Embracer Group. They are, it That's looks right. like a private company um, based here in the UK. Um, but they have uh, certainly had dealings with the Embracer Group. Um, it looks like they sold one of their IPs, Carmageddon, to THQ um, a few years ago. Um, so they've definitely sort of had some dealings with with the team at THQ Nordic. Yes, yes, indeed. So uh, yeah, as those things go forward, uh, as we've 
brought you many interviews before. We are always looking to try to get you interviews with you know the people involved with KeyForge. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we are we are hopeful that all of those uh, all of those things will will turn out uh, turn out good results. Uh, turn out good results and hopefully stainless games will will uh, make a lovely digital version of this game, making it just that much more accessible for for people to try. Indeed, indeed. And scale matters now more than ever, I think, for big companies in this industry anyway. Um, you know, you look at streaming, scale matters um, right. as, you know, the business, even sort of Paramount and um, uh, Peacock uh, or NBC is struggling to have the scale they need to compete. Mm. Um, you then look at video games where video games are getting harder to make. It's taking longer to make video games than ever before. And companies need the scale that means they can invest in something for a long period of time so that one 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 failure doesn't result in the end of the company because they've got to right. have the scale that they can be innovative with. And if they don't have that scale, then they can't do innovative things that allow them to... Uh, to make the next generation of great games. And I wonder whether the same thing is going to happen with board games now as well. Um, I think board games, there's always going to be a lot of indie games, um, but the cost of production has gone up so much in the last year and shipping and everything that um, I think scale is going to be more important for the bigger companies to do more innovative things rather than just sort of repackaging the same thing you've already played and you already know and love. So maybe we should embrace scale. Well, thank you, listener, for joining Ed and I today as we take a dive into uh, just an overview of some cybersecurity topics that Ed is familiar with as they have to do with ransomware and how that is possibly involved with Keyforge and then uh, just our uh, Google research on Embracer Group and the situation of the parent company of FFG's parent company. That's a lot of layers. It's like a cake made of uh, businesses and money, I guess. And gooey Keyforge stuff. And gooey Keyforge (laughs) stuff. See, Ed knows that I'm the one who edits these, so he can just yell whatever he wants and he doesn't have to deal with it later. Uh, If you're enjoying Call of Discovery, please subscribe on your podcast app of choice and uh, apply to replace Ed Pocock, because I'm looking. If you're new to Keyforge, please visit the new player guide on Archon Arcana. I expected him to say something there, but he didn't. You didn't Uh, even get my name right. It's Fred, all right? (sighs) Fred Winterbottom. If you're new to Keyforge, please visit the new player guide on Archon Arcana, the Keyforge wiki that we've got linked below to get started on your own unique uh, you your unexpected journey into this wonderful game. If you're looking to support us monetarily, please visit our Patreon linked below where you can sign up to support us monthly and enjoy rewards like our exclusive Discord where Ed roleplays as Fred Winterbottom the entire time. Let us know what you'd like to see more or less of in future shows by interacting with us across all of social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or send us an old-fashioned email at podcast at callediscovery.com. But most importantly... If you think a hobbit would enjoy this podcast, please tell them what an iPhone is or an Android phone and help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery?
Uh, I will say, um, I mean, maybe I don't know what the quality is of, of their food in that particular restaurant. They're usually the same. I will say that with Wendy's, the most the only thing I ever have gotten from there in the last 15 years is I go for their milkshake, which is called a Frosty, and then yeah. fries to dip in the milkshake and eat. You're a monster, Zach? Has anyone ever told you that? (laughs) No, because I live in the USA, and that's a relatively normal behavior. (laughs) Oh, my God. Where you get fries. It's like it's a dessert. You get fries, and you get a milkshake, and then you dip the fries in the milkshake, and then you eat it that way. Do you know what? As as someone that's very much... I'm open-minded, and I'm open to new experiences. So when when I come across to the US, you can take me somewhere. We can get a milkshake and dip fries in. (laughs) And... you apparently walk past a Wendy's. <laughs> uh, chips. Yeah, you can walk past and dip those chips in that. I don't know what you call ice cream, but like, I don't know, cup a la mode. You Did can you dip your chips in your cup a la mode. Well, it's, 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 uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like a milkshake. It's, it's ice cream. It's, it's all very, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. Gonna outro this poor thing. Okay, well, I call them chips, and no one else <laughs> on the planet calls them chips apart from British people. So, um, yeah. All right, I got. I gotta find the outro here. But be merciful to poor weekend. Have we, have we done our outro? No, no, we haven't done the outro yet. Okay. I feel like we should add the bit about Wendy's onto the end of the episode. Oh, I'm 100% <laughs> adding a bit about Wendy's to the end of the episode.